All right, this is Critical Mass, confronting the specter of war and genocide in the new global order. And I am your host, Jerome Carr. Um, the, the subject uh, of this episode is Coronavirus 2020, Facts, Fallacies, and the Future. And I came up with this subject matter because it basically kind of encapsulates, encapsulates everything that we know of relating to the coronavirus in the year 2020. Now, according to researchers, it was known prior to that uh, and well-researched among uh, virologists and immunologists. Uh, and there's some other specialties that that have prior knowledge of the coronavirus and its existence, where it comes from, the different strains, you know, what creates it, what can be used against it. It's it's kind of known, it's kind of well known, um, the answers to these. They're just not known to the to, to normal people. And tonight I'm giving my podcast in my, my car because uh, this is the quietest place you get, except for, you know, you can hear that car, obviously. People are just, you know, destroyed the whole, but I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to keep on recording, and you guys just going to have to put up with it, because everybody is uh, uncomfortable these days, right? Um, hopefully, you are not. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're you're in relative comfort, you're in ease, you have everything you need, you have... You know, all your PPE, personal protective equipment, and medical supplies, and medicines, and food, and gas, and money, cash. Um, Has it come down to this? Yes. Yes, it has come down to this. It's been this level. It's been this bad. Only now, people are seeing the reality of the system that we constructed. And it's relation to caring for the average American person. People are are essentially demanding that they receive free care. So why would we not have our government create a universal care program? Why, do we, why would we not do that? What benefit would it be to any American who got sick on the street, who got hit by a car, or you, you got hurt, or you fall at home, or you, you are sick? Why would it befit you for your government government not to not take care of you? Especially in the light of the fact that we do. The government does take care of a, a large amount of American people. The problem is that coverage isn't universal by any means. And it's patchy in some areas. And some people are denied service. Or some people are not able to pay for their service. And they fall like in a gap between services. You know, maybe they... Eventually, a person can get on state rolls, but between this, you know, that time, you may be go uncovered for a short time, you know, and that could be a critical moment where you might die just because you're trying to stay home because you know your coverage is lapsed, or you just lost your job and you don't have coverage. You know, you are in a true uh, quagmire. Yes, without doubt. Um, and I'm glad, thankful for everybody that's tuning into the podcast. Please post it, repost it, like it. And um, this allows us to to kind of have a symbiotic relationship. You know, you guys, your views kind of uh, help me to understand, you know, where to put my focus. And um, one of the things is, you know, I'm outspoken about what I believe. 
I try to be because a closed mouth um, does not is not remembered in history. The only his, the only mouth that's remembered in history, only words that are remembered, are those that are spoken. So a person must speak, and a person must speak in a manner where they can be heard by others. So this is the, really the one of the best ways that I can reach out and share some ideas and maybe get some ideas in return. Um, but as for the coronavirus, I think we are all on the level of human beings, and none of us has any particular immunity to this uh, pandemic, to this disease, to this plague. So all of us are looking for answers. We are all in a time of uncertainty, even if we have no fears of catching it, which that's not realistic. Um, we are still standing, you know, we're still you know, going about our lives. We are still living. We're still fighting the fight. And so congratulations to all of you people who have been infected and survived and all of you who have been infected and are struggling with it. You know, our prayers are with you every night that when I pray, you know, I ask the Lord for mercy on us, mercy on us. You know, if there's one man in a village that asks for mercy for his people, God will grant that prayer. And I know a lot of us are that way. You know, a lot of us are seeking solace in our faith. And that's a good thing. You do that. Uh, but let me continue. Coronavirus 2020 facts, fallacies in the future, part 11. This is be, be the 11th installment. The numbers aren't really that relevant. It just helps to kind of distinguish between um, when the podcast was given and kind of what the subject matter would entail. But just to start off, you know, I, I want to pose the question, can you handle the truth? And when we speak, sometimes we have to speak in the I, the first person. But other times I'm speaking because I'm speaking to you all. There's a you in it. I'm going to say you because I want you as a, as a listener to, to, to think about the statement and think about the question in respect to yourself. All right. So can I handle the truth? Yes. But maybe not. As you begin to study these situations, you find a lot of uh, complicated conclusions. They're not. Things aren't just. Uh, black and white you know right now with what people are going through there's a lot of doubt there's a lot of uncertainty there's a lot of confusion so can we handle the truth of what's going on and what the consequences will be because if we can then perhaps we can plan perhaps we can prepare for the upcoming challenges the upcoming uh, uh, pandemics the upcoming war, perhaps we can divert the consequences of our behavior by acknowledging our situation and then reacting in kind, perhaps. So can you handle the truth? We are one month into the COVID-19 epidemic and the mainstream media has failed to ask any questions which relate to the possible origins of this pathogen, COVID-19. And that's a fact. Mainstream media is avoiding because you can be sure that their editorial teams have already researched the origin and they know the origin. So it's like they're kind of going to the next point, but the American public has not yet 
been made aware of how this pathogen has entered into the public and infected hundreds and thousands of people, particularly in the United States. There, there's going to be consequences for this. Someone is going to be held accountable for creating the lapse of information and reaction that has allowed America to become the number one group of people who have contracted the COVID-19 virus. It is not an accident that an entire nation of people contracts a disease. There is by no mean an accident, no means an accident of fate and destiny that oddly coincidentally resulted in this situation. Not one of the major, but but to their discredit, um, each day I sit and I listen to the updates. And I listen to them from RT News. I listen to them from MSNBC. I listen to them from CNN. I listen to them from Fox. I listen to all of them. And I can listen to all of them in a day easily these days because there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. So what this has allowed me to do basically is just to kind of like summarize the subjects that they are touching and the ones they're leaving alone. And the one that they are all leaving alone is the origin of the COVID-19 virus. That is actually being left to the YouTubers and the, 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 you know, the, the second form of media that we have in our country today. Praise God. YouTubers, podcasters, uh, bloggers. Those are the people who are actually posing the right questions because it brings us to the greater point, which is, will this result in a larger conflict throughout the world? And the answer is, it already has. So, not one of the major media outlets have pushed the issue on demanding that the public be informed about the extensive scientific research into the development of COVID-19 as a biological weapon of war. Even RT hasn't delved into this that deep. Therefore, it's left up to us, the citizens of the, of the planet Earth, to raise legitimate questions about the origin and the history of the pathogen known as COVID-19. First question that I'll pose is where did this virus originate? Now, ironically, there actually is a great deal of information available to the public online. In fact, you don't even have to be a scientist to understand a few important things about the virus. One important point is that the virus infecting people can actually be found in nature itself. Okay, that's good to know. That gives it some possibility of maybe entering into the public on accident. But let's continue. It has a genetic history that traces back to 8000 B.C., In other words, it's old. In fact, the virus at issue did not exist. The virus that we're talking about today, not the ancestor. The ancestors existed as far back as 8000 BC. This is what scientists can determine. But the one that we're dealing with today didn't become public until 1965. And incidentally, that falls right in the gap of the years that America had a bioweapons program. 
Russia had a bioweapons program. China had a bioweapons program. Korea had a bioweapons program. And it goes on. All right, so this was known to be a virus that could be weaponized. And was. And this is within only the last 50 years or so. So it hasn't been able to jump from animals. It didn't learn to jump from, from, from animals to humans in 40 years. My, in other words, in other words, Chinese people in Asia who eat bats that carry the virus did not contract COVID-19. Not until the virus was taken by scientists, mutated, evolved to have a, a infection rate higher than a normal virus. First, uh, evolving it to to inf to transfer from uh, an animal to a human. That's the first step. That's the first thing they did, and then make it highly contagious so that any human can get infected by another just by breathing their air. That was the weaponization of this virus. In other words, although humans can catch the virus. Before the 1960s, only animals were known to have it. How is it possible for a virus that's literally thousands and thousands of years old that coexists amongst humans but doesn't is not known to infect them? How is it possible that it suddenly has become one of the most contagious pathogens on the face of the earth? Not just any pathogen, but a super contagious pathogen. One that can't be stopped by all the efforts of all the governments in all the world. Significant scientific research has taken place not to understand and prevent the contagiousness, but rather to weaponize it. To make it so contagious that it would devastate countries, armies, militaries political structures resources lights water emergency systems hospital systems all would be decimated without the firing of a single shot or the dropping of a single missile according to a doctor named Dr. Rashid Batar he produced scientific clues that answer these questions. First, this virus was studied by research, by research teams in the U.S. and in China. The virus was studied at the University of North Carolina in 2015. Who then, who then, rather, went back and, uh, how should we say, they got the actual germs, the actual viruses from Chapel Hill, which is a bioweapons center in the United States. And these scientists who worked at the University of North Carolina in 2015 later went to the, to the uni, excuse me, but the university the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China. The origin of the Wuhan virus, a.k.a. coronavirus. This is a fact. 
Now, not every city on the face of the earth has a virology center in it. In fact, if you kind of probably could do a little Google search and find out how many virology centers exist on planet Earth at all. So how is it an accident that the location of the outbreak occurs in an institute that's known to study that exact virus and in fact obtain it in that exact location from the bats that fly around in that province. And it's impossible to think that if this was a contagious virus that just hopped off bats and hopped into humans, why didn't it infect a wider range of people? Because bats don't care about province lines and, and, and counties and, and state lines. They don't respect borders. Bats fly all over the place. So they would infect other provinces with this. But that has not happened. What has happened is the Institute of, of the Wuhan Institute of Virology has been accused by, by not, not by me, but by world leaders and other people, investigators, doctors, of having instigated, initiated this viral outbreak first within its own own plate, its own um, boundaries, and then within wider China and the world. Can you handle the truth? That's not too far-fetched. Makes sense. We know. We know that we exported all of our technologies to China, including our medical technologies. And we did it legally. They didn't steal it. Uh, Donald Trump is a liar when he says that China or any of his administrations say that China stole their information. They didn't steal it. Although it can be, they did actually uh, have spies. They even had a spy in um, Donald Trump's in Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. Chinese spy. So they did spy on us. There's no doubt about that. And they did steal some of the technology. Okay, so let me correct make that correction. But they didn't steal all of it. Norm, any norm, no, no, not even half of it, not even most of it. The great majority, the vast majority of everything China has that they got from the West was given to them legally. That's the sad news, and and it kind of demonstrates or or underlines why you don't see the China government at the U.S. government. They, they, they say negative things But they will come back and they'll, they'll correct it And that's actually a good thing Because we don't want to see them Ratcheting up Like to a nuclear war or something like that So If they both accept responsibility Of having produced um, Been part of the factors That infected so many people That would be a good thing For history You know we don't want to point at other factors when the answers are just all right, right there on the surface. So I think that we can all handle this truth. I think it makes sense. Um, in this research, they took the COVID-19 virus and they adapted them through experimentation. Just so. And through the mutation of this virus, they created, they also adapted the proteins that the virus emits, 
creating, making them like little keys. So this is the crown that you see on the coronavirus pictures of the cell. Those little crowns are proteins that function like hooks on human cells. They function like hooks. And between those crowns, on the crown, they have proteins that function like key locks. So when it hooks onto the cell, the protein emits an unlocking function and enters into the healthy cell, thereby infecting it, taking it over and creating multiple more uh, coronaviruses, uh, corona cells. So the end result was a mutated pathogen, which due to the genetic tampering, became within a span of a few years one of the most dangerous dangerous pathogens aka viruses on the planet researchers into this subject have concluded that there's an underlying implication that is very subtle the only possible reason for this modification is the creation of a biological warfare weapon there are no other explanations next by tracking the spread of the virus, it becomes evident as to where the virus was first released into the public. As each day has passed, the spread of the virus extends further away from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in concentric circles. In this game, there are few unknown variables. The reason is that a virus has genes, just as all living organisms have genes. And the mutation and variation of its evolution can be traced. As the further the gene gets from its origin, the more variation comes about. Effectively, like a fingerprint, its development can be traced. It is no small coincidence that at the, at the epicenter of this pandemic sits an institute of virology known for its research into the COVID-19 virus. Why the media refuses to dig into this so-called coincidence? is not a mystery. They failed to warn us. They failed to keep us safe. And they failed to ask the right questions after the pandemic has set in. In other words, to even find a cure, you would have to revert to the origins. And in this case, the origins lead directly to the steps of the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. This is why Donald Trump calls it the Chinese flu. But he's incorrect. It's not a Chinese flu. It's a U.S. created virus, bioweapon, that ended up in China, just like all the rest of our secrets. Doctor, in the year 2015, Dr. Xi Zengli was a recipient of a number of grants into the research into the family of the coronaviruses. In fact, coronaviruses were not the first pandemic. That was, so the coronavirus is not the first pandemic possibly released into the public as SARS and swine flu were precursors of this virus that date back to the 70s. Essentially, since 2002, each manifestation of this virus seems to have originated in Wuhan and ultimately, this location in China and no other location seems to be the source. The source of a virus with man-made mutations that do not infect the local wildlife, but does now infect humans. This information came from the NIH, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. 
Why would our government look away? For the last three decades, the U.S. has exported more and more of its manufacturing capacity. This includes the manufacture and proceeding research into things like diseases and cures for diseases. To create a cure, you must experiment with the pathogen. I mean, this is basic. People that have any high school diploma know this. It doesn't take genius to what we're talking about here. And it makes, and the story reads so linear. The story is so linear. It's not a complicated story. Especially for a, a, a blog like Critical Mass. You know, Critical Mass, we've been researching this subject these type of subjects for years and have posted a lot of data on the internet that documents, you know, bioweapons research and things like that. Uh, but you really couldn't pin it down because nothing had, there had been no outbreak that wasn't contained. This is different. And everybody knows it. To create a cure, you have to experiment with the pathogen. Also in the U.S., there are anathemas to having this type of research done at the local level in local neighborhoods. This is problematic. Americans hate this. And for this reason, others, costs, basically costs, profits. These are the reasons why the research into um, cures for viruses and sicknesses and research into weapon um, bacterias. You know, the alternate ego is bioweapons research that all companies took part in. All, all countries, all countries took part in and the country, the companies that functioned within their borders. So people have a problem with having these type of research facilities in their country, in their locales. And for that, for that reason and the others, they were shipped to China. And in China, they either experimented on the people, most likely they experimented on the local population, or maybe animals got into the wild and released it. I doubt that. It's more likely that they infected people intentionally. And that's been known to occur in history for in many, many countries, leading country being the United States that has infected its own citizens to experiment on creating weapons and the supposed cures. Now in China, essentially scientists in places like the Wuhan Institute of Virology have somewhat of a carte blanche by the Chinese government who has a history of research into these and other pathogens that have been weaponized. Now this was not a group of hacks. This is not a group of super secret, you know, weirdos in a cave somewhere. These were, were well-known, popular uh, scientists that worked in the U.S., Europe, and China, some of the world's most gifted researchers, and sadly to say, they did their job very well. So well that from this location in one province of China, a global pandemic has spread out at a rate never be seen before and never believed that it could occur, destabilizing governments, killing thousands, and sickening hundreds of thousands up to most likely into the millions. It's expected that millions of people will die of this before it's 
before it stopped. And for this reason, countries have locked their populations down. That's the way the theory rolls. I'm not saying I follow that line of thought. But the theory is that they've taken away all of our rights and our privileges and our jobs and our means of employment because of this virus. That's how the story reads. And I just have a problem with that. While it's easy to criticize the culture of Chinese peasants who are known to to eat the only known host of the virus, it's easy to criticize them because they eat the bats. But you can actually, actually draw a lesson from this. And the lesson is that previous to actual experimentation and mutation of the viruses, cases of the COVID-19 or any COVID for that matter were virtually unknown. Let me repeat that. Before the experimentation done in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, cases of COVID-19 are virtually unknown. Since experimentation, however, several versions of the COVID strain, several versions of the COVID strain, they got like one through 19, COVID-1, COVID-2, COVID-3, that's, that, that's not a natural mutation. That's something that's man-made. Since experimentation, several versions of the COVID strain have infected the public in consecutive years and in circles stretching out from the Wuhan Institute, Institute and covering the globe. As a series, they've affected these people in a series of smaller epidemics, each one more lethal than the other and virtually unmentioned in any press anywhere in the world. Ignored by governments, suppressed and kept out of view of the of the journalists of journalists. These infections killed thousands of people, it is believed, in China, who doesn't tell the truth about how many people have died, how many people are infected, and how many people they believe will ultimately die from the disease. While they present themselves as having put a cap on this disease, having halted the spread of it, it is still questionable as to what is really going on in the Chinese country, in the country of China. The good news is that if, there, if this is true, it's quite possible that a treatment has also been developed right alongside the virus itself. So while they're saying there's not a cure, it's quite possible there is a cure. Because the rule is that every, for every disease that they created, they created a cure. They developed a type of serum to counter the effects of this virus. And if you notice, you can see that there's no one filthy rich. There's only been a couple of actually rich, wealthy, well-known people that have died from this. But not really anybody of significance. Like the president or the secretary of state or, you know, uh, the generals of the army or, you know, but there is a general that's sick. But you see the way they treated him. So, you know, that he was actually an admiral, the admiral of the USS Theodore Roosevelt. Um, but the good news is that there's possibly a cure. They know how to how to cure this disease. But the whole point of releasing it on the public was not to cure it. But to help it. While many tens of thousands have passed, have died, not one of those has been political or extremely powerful person among the global elite. 
In fact, more recently, it looks like they're just getting rid of the ones that they don't like and the ones that are not very rich nor powerful. One of the more recently famous people that is supposedly cured is Pink and her whole family. They were all allegedly infected with coronavirus. And now, even though she's with child, they are all completely virus-free. She's one of the super rich, and she falls up in that category. Coronavirus has highlighted the fact that the poor, the hopeless, the downtrodden, the lowest of the low, the people at the bottom of the pyramid, will be the substance and the greater portion of the victims of this disease. A disease created by wealthy nations, powerful, the most powerful nations on, our, on earth, and released amongst their public in order to, as one would say, thin out the herd. Each day, the thousands of dead and many more dying give further verification to the reality that the coronavirus is a weapon of war designed to kill and unleashed upon the poor, hopeless, and oppressed who either cannot afford to be treated, tested, or even counted in the vast piles of dead piling up in the hospitals and in the morgues all across the United States. Let's be clear. No state that experiments and uses bioweapon technology ever admits this. In fact, history demonstrates that it's often the people infected or the doctors themselves who ultimately spill the beans. And this continues day after day. Media report after media report. Nothing is mentioned about the source, origin, or possible cures. Only half measures and wishes and hopes as we take our steps closer to closer, closer and closer to the point of critical mass. <laughs>